What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. Guys, UFC 264 is in the books. I want to tell you about it. It was an unforgettable evening. Coming up on today's show, I'm going to talk about Dustin Poirier's impressive showing, Conor McGregor's gruesome injury, and where the heck does he go from here? Plus, Sugar Sean O'Malley put on a clinic, and guess what? He didn't need a ranking to do it. That's all coming up later, but first, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, 8sleep. Guys, I gotta tell you, I'm not Mr. Big Spender, by the way. I don't think you would consider Chael cheap, and I certainly won't mooch. If we go out, you get a tab, I'll get a tab, but you know what I don't mind spending money on is a good night's sleep. I truly find that to be an investment, truly. If I can get a better night's sleep and be a happier person with more energy, I can justify the covers. I can justify the pillow. It's also a one-time buy. I don't know that I've ever had to go back. I don't know how long you're supposed to keep a pillow, how long you're supposed to keep sheets, but I really don't remember sheets ever getting holes in them or pillows ever going bad. True story by myself. Now, I also like technology. Sometimes you can get intimidated by technology and in the world of sleeping cool, this has been like a scientific game that the companies have been playing for years. Buy these sheets for a cooler night's sleep. Some guys are promising they have a mattress that is like anti-body heat absorbing, thus giving you a cooler night's sleep. Okay, fine. However any of that all works, and believe me, I've tried it all, maybe you're like me. I finally went to something called 8sleep.com, okay? Now, 8sleep.com is an actual scientific technology where you're not counting on some kind of mystery foam that has like magical abilities to wave a wand over you when you're sleeping and cool your bed. It actually cools the bed with water. You set the temperature after you set this up and it runs water through the cooling pod to whatever temperature you like. Which by the way, I control my side of the bed with my iPhone. My wife can control hers. By example, if she wanted to sleep at 88 degrees, meaning go hotter, she could. If I wanted to sleep at 55 degrees, I could. And she wouldn't be bothering me and I wouldn't be bothering her. I only offer you that because it's ran over your iPhone and this thing sets up really fast. I'm not one of those jerks that tells you to go get something. Oh, and it's so easy to sign up, but then it's not. It is. It is or I'd say it wasn't from the beginning. It's easy to sign up. They will deliver this right to your house in a box. You will take the box into your bedroom and then open the box and boom, a king size bed pops out or a queen size bed or whatever size that you would like with the cooling pod. It's got Wi-Fi technology. It literally has a hotspot where you go into your phone. It brings, it's got its own Wi-Fi device. I don't know how this works. I'm just telling you that it does. Guys, go to 8sleep.com slash your welcome. Check out the Pod Pro cover. You gotta know what it's called. This is called a Pod Pro cover, not just a mattress. I'm telling you about the Pod Pro cover. You're gonna save $200 for going and knowing to say you're welcome. That's 8sleep.com slash your welcome. 200 bucks off, which I might add is pretty generous by me. Connor versus Pore. Generally, this is a time when I would tell you, here's what happened. I would probably even use the words, here's what happened. I might even use it in a thumbnail. Does it matter what happened? Does it matter in the least? Stories can go multiple ways. I'm well aware of that. You have fiction. And you have non-fiction. To watch fiction play out in front of the world's eyes is truly a thing of amazement. I mean, in all fairness, I have never seen a fight more rewritten than the night that Connor kicked Floyd Mayweather's ass. I've never seen anything that, that I've personally witnessed and observed get retold immediately 
in a fashion opposite of what happened. Until now. Arguably, until now. Where should we begin on this? Let's start with an amazing narrative that there should be a fourth fight. Do you understand the disrespect that you are showing to Dustin Poirier? Dustin Poirier is the true number one contender. But he is more clearly and deserving of a number one contendership than not just anybody in the division, anybody in any division. The sport does not have a clearer number one contender than Dustin Poirier. Now, I bring that to you because there is no scenario where Conor McGregor fights for a world championship, okay? We can all agree on that. That ship is long sailed. Dustin Poirier's next fight is for the world championship. So if you say that you believe there's going to be a part four between those two, or that you believe there should be, you are saying that Dustin is going to lose to Oliveira. There's no other way for that to be heard. If you think that Connor and Dustin should or are going to fight a fourth time, that means you believe that Dustin is going to lose to Charles, which is just rude. You've got a right to say that. That time will come, but it's a long time from now. It's not moments after he just stopped a former multi-division world champion. By the way, in five minutes. That's the nice. you got to give Dustin his due. Now, for many of you that have said there should be a part four until you just heard me say that, you probably didn't mean it in that regard. But for any of you that think that that fight warrants another fight, we can do it for money. We can do it for attention and cash. We can do it for a lot of things. Competitiveness and architecture of sport are none of them. That was a beating. That was a beating like few I have ever seen. And don't forget, five minutes went by, which is what? A round. And what happens at the end of the round? Judges turn in scorecards. Two of the three licensed judges that elevated themselves to a main event of a pay-per-view had it 10-8. Do you know what 10-8 means? Okay, it doesn't mean one guy got 10 and the other guy got 8. What a 10-8 round is, is the judge's way of correcting a referee who did not stop a fight. It doesn't have to be a referendum on the referee, but for a 10-8 round, the fight had to be at least eligible for stoppage. Two of the three judges saw it that way, which is what I saw, which is what happened, which is what everybody saw, but has already been rewritten. And that just fascinates me. I'm not fighting that. I don't choose to take on crazy, right? When I see crazy, I I don't try to correct them. Even a broken clock's right twice a day. Go be crazy somewhere else. I'm not looking to take that on. I'm sharing with you true, actual amazement that a fight that was so bad in terms of its lopsidedness, where the referee that we all watched two different times did the lean-in, did the move where he was going to stop it, didn't stop it, and then got overridden by two judges to say, you should have stopped it. It wasn't competitive. It wasn't close. Now, get to Connor's side of it. And guys, I would fall into the category, I believe, if there's two categories, hater, supporter. There's no in-between. Those are your two categories. I think that you guys would put me in the supporter category for Connor. I would never kick a guy when he's down, ever. I always offer him a hand up. I preface this because what I'm about to say may sound like I'm not being very nice, but it's not meant to. I'm just saying what happened, and I'm explaining it. And it wasn't nice. Connor himself made a very big deal and a very big point that this be declared a doctor stoppage, which is what it was. It was ruled and declared that. The doctor stoppage somehow falsely puts you into a category of like belly who, of like foul play, of like, oh, you know, I guess we got to run it back. This one wasn't concluded. Let me explain this to you so we're perfectly clear, okay? Fights go in three ways, but specifically in this order. When you're getting your ass kicked, order number one is fighter takes himself out of the scenario. Fighter realizes I'm overwhelmed, gives the universal sign, can be done in the form of a tap or verbally, and he gets himself out of there. If the fighter fails to do the responsible 
thing, the referee will override him. The referee will step in, absent of a tap or a verbal, and he'll say, I am going to be the adult in the room, and we're all done here. If the referee fails to do his job, a doctor will step in and override the referee and the athlete. Make sure you understand, because this story has been misunderstood from the beginning of time. If you ever see a boxing fight where they got to cut so bad and the referee can't make his mind up and he brings a doctor and the doctor looks at him and says, yes, idiot, stop the fight. We're done here. That referee should feel like a fool. He never does. The story never gets told that way, but he should. If there is an injury in a fight or a cut or anything in between and the referee has to bring in a doctor to have the doctor stop it, that referee is a fool. He should have been able to see it and identify it himself. Same thing goes for the fighter. If you ever get beat up by TKO and you didn't have the sense to get yourself out of there, your corner didn't help you out. In all fairness, somebody should feel like a fool. I get it. The fighter feels brave and the corner says, I didn't see it that way and the whole thing was early. I've told plenty of stories myself. I know the way that it works. What I'm saying for you is we should still be able to observe. Getting a doctor stoppage is the single greatest domination against yourself that this sport has. You were dominated so badly that the referee who couldn't make the call had to have a higher authority come in and tell him what to do. That's the truth on a doctor stoppage. Look, the number one thing, and this is going to sound very cold, but I'm not the one that wrote the rule. I'm here telling you what the rule is. The number one rule of the Nevada State Athletic Commission who sanctioned this contest is damage. The number one, what is a judge to look for? What is the other athlete attempting to do? It's damage. Connor is damaged to the point that he is broken. There is nothing accidental about this. There is nothing surprise about this. There is nothing about this that doesn't count as a straight-up ass whipping. If you get your ass whipped so bad that you're broken, that doesn't get you a rematch. It's the opposite, or at least should be. Now, history would go against what I'm saying. What I'm saying brings logic into it. What I'm saying, a fighter's job is first to stop the fight. If he fails a referee will, the referee fails a doctor will. That is a great disparity within the competition itself. Two judges had it 10-8. Those two judges are right. Absolutely. And understanding that not only was it uncompetitive, it was eligible for stoppage. They're right. To say that there's going to be a fourth fight, inadvertently, I admit, you didn't think it through, but inadvertently says Dustin can't beat Charles. It openly says it. Then why are Dustin and Charles fighting would be my very first question, right? You got to be real careful on this Connor versus Poirier part four business. Particularly if you're the one creating the narrative, you got to be real careful because you're saying my number one contender can't beat my champion. Or Or you're saying... That a guy who can't win a fight and hasn't won a fight in a meaningful period of time is eligible to go into a title fight. It's one of those spots where this should be pretty clear. It should be pretty obvious. Now, the entertainment doesn't end. For Conor McGregor, who was broken, broken, literally, most of you will only have to read about this. I hope that that's you. But some can tell you who have been injured. I don't mean hurt. I'm talking an injury. There is a true part of that process known as shock, where you will go into shock. Connor not only didn't go into shock, or if he did, hit it better than anybody else. He's also got a visual known as the foot, which he's forced to look at, and he still cut a promo. He still had the wits about him to stay in business. If you're a fighter, never quit swinging and never quit talking. The moment one fight ends, the marketing for the next fight begins. The greats, and by great, I don't mean you got more skills than somebody else. I mean you stayed around in main events longer and your bank account grew more. Those are the greats will always follow that rule. 
Never quit swinging and never quit talking. And to watch Connor do this, I got to give him so much credit. It's a genius at work. It's a disciplined man at work, making sure that he has a job to come back to tomorrow. The most important thing that any of us will do at work today. It's not a great job. It's not to be on time. It's not to stay a little bit late. Make sure you don't take extra breaks. It's not. Those are all positives. That's not the number. The number one thing is to make sure you have a job to come back to tomorrow. Before Conor McGregor got stretchered out of there, he made sure he had a job to come back to, and it worked. It worked for the mere fact that I am the first one you've heard say that was not a competitive fight that does not, by any stretch of a historical competitive architecture imagination, warrant part four. But I'm the only one saying it. Everyone else fell for it. Everyone else went for it. They thought it was a close fight. It's close. Connor said it was a close fight. <laughs> the judges, of course, said otherwise. To hell with what they said. Connor said it was close. Connor said it should be part four. Doesn't even count because it was a doctor stoppage. To hell with the fact that a doctor stoppage represents the worst ass beating you can take. To hell with it all. And he went into business for himself. And I am not teasing. I am complimenting. True compliment right now. That was a genius at work. Ronda Rousey weighed in on it. Ronda put out a tweet, basically said what I just said. And she said, I am amazed that while still down, he could cut a promo about what was next. Now, that surprised me to hear her say, I thought she was a good worker. I really did. And it surprised me that it was as though this just got revealed to her. I'm kind of, when? The locker room? In the fake wrestling revealed this to you? You didn't know this before? I'm not giving Ronda a hard time. I was surprised that she was impressed. I thought it was something she knew. I thought it was a skill that she had. You're always learning things from Connor. You're always taking something from Connor. And there's no in-between. And if you want to lay there and cry, it's going to make it's going to make good headlines. But if you're working to be a heel, you can't be vulnerable. You can't be both. There's no greater role in America than that of the victim. If people sympathize with you, they will then like you automatically. They will just do things for you automatically. So you can't be both. You can't be the bad guy and be crying and whimpering on you. You can't. You got to live the gimmick. I'm sharing that with you partly in Connor's defense because he said some stuff that many people think were brash and over the line. Could be right. I don't know where that line is. I'm speaking purely, if your character is that of the bad guy, you cannot weaken yourself and talk about, well, I sure hope this gets better and this is pretty scary and I'm going to go home and be with my family. i got a good team of doctors. I'm going to see what they say. I, I really appreciate all of your, your thoughts and prayers in, in this time. You are now vulnerable. It's a choice. It's a gimmick. But one works and one doesn't. I'm just here to bring and show you through an accurate interpretation, what happened? So, of course, everybody is talking about Connor and where does he go from here, when he might fight again, and who it might be against. But I'd like to take a moment here to instead talk about the perception of Connor McGregor following his post fight interview with Joe Rogan from Saturday night. Oh, it is fascinating. It really is, at least for me, to see the way that Connor is being treated right now. It's not the first time. This is very normal, in fact. It's not unusual that you build somebody up and then you tear them down, that you enjoy cheering for them, and then you enjoy even more their demise. The psychology of a fan is fair game, in my opinion. I'm not innocent of anything that I just stated over my course and my life of being a fan of things. I get it. It's why I can identify it. Some of it is surprising for me to see coming from our community. I'm talking about like the dirt sheets that I go to. The manias, the elbows. They could never get an interview with Conor McGregor. They've been covering him. They will cover somebody else's interview, somebody else's work. Some other information of Connor, they will cover it. Why? Because he was very good for business. You would think that they owe him a bit of a thank you. 
You can serve that thank you to a guy, literally, if you ever meet him, by putting your hand out and saying the words, or at a time when he could use a little bit of help, you could be a little bit helpful. And they are burying him. Connor's gone too far. Connor brought up Poirier's wife. What a scumbag. Connor, last night, put out some tweets and then quickly deleted them. But they had to do with, like, death or something, right? I'm getting paraphrased from somebody else. They were deleted. I couldn't see it. But it was something like that. I'm going to kill the family. I'm going to do something like this. Time out. Time out. First off, let's start at the very beginning when Connor insulted Poirier's wife. Was that a scumbag move? Absolutely. You should not copy that. He should not have done that. We can understand all of these things. Did he insult Poirier's wife or did he entertain? And that's a very fair question. If that is truly who he is, some of this stuff that you're seeing, he's a scumbag. Plenty of them out there. He goes into that bucket. But you don't know that. I don't believe. I don't think that we know that. Connor, if if I'm right, looking at this, I need to entertain. They're going to forget what I say. They're never going to forget how I make them feel. I need to evoke an emotion in this moment before my entire life and career literally change. And he did that. He entertained. I just want to remind you of that. The tweets that he put out and then quickly deleted, which will put you in John Jones territory. You don't want to do anything that puts you into what we call John Jones territory. He's on morphine, guys. We know this for sure. He's hopped up on the hoopies. He's in a hospital. He's doing it appropriately. They're injecting it into his vein through an IV. My goodness, show some grace. Really, you must have some grace in moments like this. Was he showing us who he is? And we just found out he's a scumbag. Because if that's true, that is your punishment. We do not need to kick him. If the whole world now knows you to be a scumbag, that is your punishment. But what if he wasn't? What if he wasn't insulting Poirier's wife? What if he was entertaining? It's a mindset. It's all a mindset. And I think we're being a little quick to judgment that we somehow know what the mindset was. It's just a suggestion. I'm not bullish on this. I'm only offering the fact that it is not for sure scumbag. It is possibly entertainment, of which he succeeded. And I got to tell you, I was impressed. I was very impressed that Connor, while down, literally devastated for sure, physically and emotionally, had the presence of mind to cut a promo. I mean, that is brilliant. That is high-level stuff right there. And if you at a minimum cannot sit back and appreciate and tip your hat to that, you're missing. You're missing some really great moments. You're missing some very special moments as to how certain athletes get to certain positions and then maintain that spot longer than others. And you really do have a genius at work who did not break character. Look, the rest, it hurt me seeing that happen to him. Did you guys have that feeling? Like, did that kind of hurt your legs seeing that? Did you get sick in your stomach a little bit? Oh my God. That was just seeing it. He was actually in the moment anybody else would have wanted to be, to cry out in pain and have their mother holding them. It would be a very natural reaction. He probably also wanted to cry in pain and have his mother holding him. He stayed in character and he cut a scathing promo. Is it because he's a scumbag? Or is it possible that he's an entertainer doing his job? Possible. I think it's worth considering. I also do believe you should show a little bit of grace because whether you like that human or not, he's still a human and he's injured. Want to beat this guy up? Even on the dot-coms, we want to do that great level playing field, though. You come ready, I come ready. Doctor checks you out, doctor checks me out. You get on a scale, I get on a scale. We wait till a certain time, a date, and the agreed-upon unified rules. You do it with honor. The guy's down. Where were you tough guys taking your shots? When Connor felt good. I mean, where were you tough guys then? When there was even a possibility, no matter how slight, 
you could have got on the docket with him. You waited until the guy is injured and then you're going to judge social media posts when we know he's hopped up on the hoopies? There's no room to kind of understand the situation, almost to expect it. Oh, I bet Connor. Bet Connor's going to send out some weird tweets in the next couple of days. You know, he's going to be in that hospital room. He's going to have that medicine going through. That would be expected. He did what we all knew he was going to do. Somewhere, him or somebody else saw it, grabbed his phone, and deleted it real quickly. Everything's usual. There's, no, there's nothing abnormal about this. Nothing odd happened here. And I will tell you, I would really encourage you. I would encourage you to just show some grace. You get a guy healed up and you want to bring him back down, you go right ahead. But when he's in this moment, come on, he's a member of our community. If a casual fan or an outsider happened to be watching, if they're going to bear him, they've got the right to do it. I'm t- it's our own guys. Our own industry is going to do And this industry does that all the time. It will do that all the time. They, they, don't have, they don't look out for it. They help nobody. For one moment of a few clicks or one moment of a few comments, I see them do that all the time. Are they wrong? You decide. Is it weird when a community turns on its own? It is for me. That strikes me as very strange behavior. And there are many people calling for a Connor Dustin rematch. That's how fights happen. People start calling for it. Other people like the idea. Big fights. I mean, that, that's the recipe to all of them. I will share with you, that surprises me. There was nothing within that fight that was competitive anywhere. You have a masterful striker in Connor, and he is. Connor is a wonderful mixed martial artist. He really, He's a very special, talented guy. Not in comparison to Dustin. That's just the reality. And this isn't an opinion at this point. He's been stomped out by Dustin in every round that he's ever completed with Dustin in parts two and three, but he's also not winning any frames. Not like, well, geez, if Connor could have just kept that on his feet, he would get beat up on his feet. Well, if Connor could have just throw, uh, kept throwing kicks, he was eating kicks himself. And I don't put down Connor's skills. It's comparatively. Is Connor really good? Yeah. Is he really good compared to Dustin? I mean, that's why they had the fight. That's why they walked. That's what this whole thing was about. That's what was agreed upon between the two of them that we are going to go find out while the world watches. But after the world watches, for the world to come to a weird interpretation, two judges had that 10-8. Conor McGregor chose to put himself down. That's weird. That's a very weird decision for somebody who has such a high IQ. Like Conor McGregor, he's going to put himself down in hopes to finish a guillotine, oh, by the way, up against the fence which greatly drops anybody's likelihood of finishing said guillotine. The whole thing was weird. I mean, the whole thing, there was nothing about that that you could turn to if your team, Connor, that you find redeemable. You're going to come to one conclusion, which is we got a really good fighter here, just like Chael saying, keep him the hell away from Poirier. So those are some of my thoughts on the main event. And it's immediate aftermath. And a little later in the show, I'm going to talk about Connor's cloudy future. But coming up next, I'll break down Sean O'Malley's win. And before we get there, I want to tell you about some of our sponsors. Do you guys find yourself more and more hesitant about what you search on the internet and what information you are sharing over your internet connection? I know I have been, especially because of the latest cyber attacks. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something, incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why, even when I'm home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet connection from Verizon, Comcast, or AT&T. ISPs in the U.S. are legal. They can sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is the solution to your privacy. It's an app 
that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background. It's so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and boom, you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse to not be using it. Protect your online activity today. Use the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link to expressvpn.com slash chael and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash chael. Expressvpn.com slash chael to learn more. Guys, I want to tell you about some new training gear I've been using by a company called 10,000. And as a lifelong athlete, I will say, if I would have found this workout gear years ago, just gave me a confidence. It feels better. And guys, I know you can relate to this. You get up, you put on a good shirt, one that you like, one that feels good. It makes you feel good. It motivates you for the workout. In all fairness, that's what I love most about 10,000. I first heard about this from Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz and one of the Gracies were asked, what do they need in training gear? Break this down in the world of MMA. Do you need it light? Do you need it breathable? Whatever questions they got asked, they did a great job. So when Dominic got this done, I bought some to support him more than anything else. And I must tell you, I've been running in their interval shorts and their versatile shirt. I love the waistband on these shorts and the shirt liners. I appreciate that it stretched a little bit, but it's breathable, high quality material. Look, I can tell you what a great job this is and how you make these things. Do you care? Do you feel good? Do you look good? Yes, you will. And here's a fun fact too. A team of over 200 athletes tested the gear, right? That Dominic helped to design. They loved it too. 10,000 guys has over 10,000 five-star reviews on their products and they're still offering free shipping. All in time for any product to get to you for any holiday or birthdays you have coming up. If you don't like it, no problem, return it. They'll give you your money back. They offer a lifetime guarantee that shows you how much they believe in their quality. I got a call to action. 10,000 is offering my listeners 15% off your purchase. All you got to do is go to 10,000.cc and enter the code CHAIL. You will receive 15% off your purchase. That is 10,000.cc and enter the code CHAIL for a 15% savings. I got good news and I got bad news. Let's go in that order. The good news, Chris O'Malley, great match. Great match, entertaining to watch. Think about this from Chris's standpoint first. He gets a call 12 days ago. He's got to make weight. He's going to be in the UFC. He's going to have to fight Sean O'Malley, but he gets to do it in a high placement on the card. Oh, by the way, in front of the entire mixed martial arts world, which includes leaders of different countries, in his very first time. Now, that's a, that's a tall order. That's everybody's dream. That's everybody's dream, what I just said, but it goes back to that old adage, be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. How is Chris going to deal with this? He's a three and a half to one dog at the lines in Vegas, and he knows it. He's not in great shape, because he didn't have the same training and preparation, and he knows it. He's going to have a hard time making weight, because he didn't know when the weigh-in was, and he knows it. And the whole world's going to watch because you got McGregor on the bill and he knows it. He's going to walk into an arena full of 15,000 screaming people, none of which know or care who he is, and he knows it. How's he going to deal with this? How's he going to deal with it? That's the question going into this. Probably not well. Historically speaking, people, their first time in the octagon, it does not go well. And a lot of them won. They just didn't have a good performance. Randy Couture, they called him the natural. Called him the natural because he's one of the only fighters ever who didn't go through that. He came out right on his very first time and he was able to perform and compete. You fast forward 10 years and you look at the guy, 
He's competing as well tonight as he did in his very first time. That's why they call him the natural. It's a hard thing. It's very rare. Eddie Alvarez went on to be the champion of the world. He was a world champion in other organizations. He wanted to become the champion of the world in that organization, the UFC. He lost his very first fight. Just as evidence, right? I mean, I could do... Hector Lombard won 22 in a row. He lost his very first fight. It's just different. It's just different. So imagine that happened to Chris, though. I've seen him fight on the regional scene. I did my homework. I went and looked this guy up. Looked pretty good, but I never saw that level of toughness. Now, I never saw that level of toughness, possibly, because he never had this level of competition as he did with Sean O'Malley. So if I look at Chris, wow. And now you got to look at it from O'Malley's perspective, which is so many people saying, you have nothing to gain from this fight. Chris is not ranked, and nobody knows who he is. And the lines that have you as a 3-1 to favorite, if you go out there and you beat him, all you did is what you were supposed to do. Now, that is false, ridiculous rhetoric to the highest of level, but it's a narrative and a conversation that still exists. So how's it going to affect Sean? Sean brought his tools. He brought his tools. He brought his skills. He realized this this guy's a zombie. He's hard to go, but I got a job too, and that's to keep on touching him. Sean did a great job. Chris did a great job. That's the good, but there is a bad, and I'm not being a hater. I'm really not. We're going to see this guy for a while. The bad news for Chris is there was limited offense. The defense that he used to absorb strikes, be tough, and walk forward, my goodness, I respect him. I look forward to his next match. He was complimented by the guy who doesn't give out compliments, who was Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping was blown away. Michael Bisping's in the Hall of Fame. It is vouching for Chris and how tough he was. I saw that too. I saw something special there. But, there's a but. If I'm on the roster and I saw that and as much as I enjoyed it and I can see they deserved the big bonus and Chris deserves another spot on TV, I'm calling that guy out. He doesn't have an offense that I have to worry about, and his defense is to block shots with his head. He's tough as an old leather boot. That's not enough here. That's just the truth. Chael, how could you say that? Well, I'll tell you why I can say it. Because he's a young guy with heart and grit and ice running through his veins. Someone can take him, and someone can groom him. And that guy could be a champion. He just needs to be open-minded to the idea. Not taking those shots is rule one. And rule two, you got to give some back. There's got to be an offense there that isn't just stalking a guy. I am seeing... Look, all a diamond is, is a piece of coal that withstood the pressures of time. I'm not seeing a piece of coal, but you understand my idea. You understand my concept. There's a lot of work to be done. I'm not being negative. I'm being positive that I also, like Michael Bisping, see the potential. I just don't want Chris, who is a young guy, to fall into the trap of everybody telling him what a great job he did, only because it was an unexpected job and it was fun to watch. Get that $75,000 bonus. Think all I got to do is go out and repeat that performance over and over again and everything's going to be great. False. Got that toughness. You got that ice. I look forward to seeing what this guy is like on a full training camp when he got his diet and his nutrition and his sleep habits all under control. I look forward to all of those things. He needs to work on his offense. He needs to work on his defense. That was a very fun fight from a very tough guy. That was not a great for now, for now, that was not a great mixed martial artist. Now that I've given some credit to Chris, let's focus on the winner of the fight, Sugar Sean, who notched another big win, picked up 75 grand, and the Sugar Show continues. Cody Stamen said, Sugar Boy, it's time to come up to varsity. And I've got to tell you, in the last week, might be my favorite line. In the last, that's a big statement. When Conor McGregor's been speaking in the last week, I, it might go to statement. Hey, Sugar Boy, it's kind of time to go up to varsity. That's a great line. He's accusing him of being with the JV. He's accusing him of not playing with the big kids. There's a lot done in that really small sense. I got to give Stamen some real credit for this. I know accurately a couple of things. First off, O'Malley is going to remain on the main card. You do not lose that spot when you have victory. 
It's the same thing with a co-main event and a main event. And I realize for you smart marks that are over here and you follow me, you find that redundant. But I got to keep saying it because there's something about it that does roll off of some of the guys' backs, right? I'm not just a big show, guys. And I don't mean to be a dick about it. You can see my number. It's right next to the page. I'm, I'm audited. I'm publicly audited. But within that number is darn near 100% of the industry. The industry and the fighters themselves listen to Uncle Chael. So I try to give them good advice. I definitely give them accurate advice. And when I try to tell you don't think about that ranked guy, you've got to think about your placement on the card. There's nothing that could be more true than that. And Sean O'Malley does not need to be baited into anything. Now, I don't think Sean's got any problem fighting Cody Stamen or the number three guy or the number two guy. I don't think he's got any problem like that, particularly when he's calling guys like Dominic Cruz out, right? Dominic Cruz is as rough of a guy as you're going to find that weighs 135 pounds walking the face of the planet. I don't think O'Malley's got a problem there. What I'm saying for you, I am personally going to enjoy when Sean sticks this up everybody's ass, everybody's ass and keeps doing what he's doing. He doesn't have to... Varsity, he can stay right where he is. He's on the main card. You can't tell Sean to come up. I love this statement by statement. I'm speaking about the reality. Sean's up here looking down. <laughs> hey, how you fellas doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, did you report to the venue at 4 o'clock, right? You got to get your hands wrapped at 4.30? You're making a walk at a quarter to five? I'm arriving at 6.15. I'm only sharing with you. I like the effort. I will enjoy, my evil side will enjoy... O'Malley continuing to stick it in everybody's ass. I hope O'Malley, because it's not going to matter for Sean. He's not going to sell one less ticket. Not one less person's going to tune in. The guy is a star. That upsets people because it makes them jealous, right? O'Malley, I want to see him go the opposite way. I don't want him calling about anybody ranking. I want to see him go on an anti-ranking tour. I want him to come out and say, you know, I learned a real lesson fighting Chris. And I feel that Chris brought the best out of me. As a matter of fact, I'm only going to fight guys who are unsigned. So if you're on the regional scene, you better look out because the sugar show's in front of you. I want him to go the other way with it. I don't want any of these guys getting an opportunity. They're all trying to tease him. They're all trying to tease him because they're jealous. They want what he's got. He doesn't appear to want what you got. This is a lesson, okay? There's power in a relationship every time. And the power is in caring less than the other person. That can sound very unromantic. That can sound very unromantic if it's a boyfriend-girlfriend situation. I don't mean for it to. Put it in something a little bit tougher. Put it in a business relationship. You're trying to get a deal done. One of you two cares more than the other one. And whoever cares less has the power. So Sean O'Malley, in this case, is starting to care about the rankings. I don't want him to. I don't want him to care. Guys that have rankings don't have what Sean's got, which is placement. And placement is more important. And I want Sean to stick it to all of them. I just do. It will bring me a real pleasure. Stick it to all of them. You're the ones who care. I don't care about the number next to my name. I do care about being on the main card, but guess what I am? Come to me. Remember when Connor used to make them beg? Beg me. Remember when he was... But then they would beg and they would look like fools? It was great. I appreciated it all. I don't know who's next for O'Malley. I will just tell you that I hope O'Malley, something along these lines, unsigned guys only, debut guys only, and then steer into it. It brings the best out of me. It's what my coach is like. It's what my, that's what keeps me up at night is fighting these guys I've never seen before. It will infuriate everybody except me. <laughs> if you remember from last week, I told you all about how Sean O'Malley has taken a lot from Conor McGregor's book. That's according to Sean. And to close out today's show, I want to get back to Conor and try to answer some of the questions surrounding his future. So what in the hell do you do with Conor now, right? I mean, that's always going to be a tough question, and it really doesn't matter if you win or lose. Generally, if Conor wins, what does Conor want to do now? But then we all have to sit around and wait to try to get that resolved. And by the way, when does he want to do it? If he gets beat, what do you do? And there's athletes who become victims of their own success. It's a reality. I'll bring Rhonda into this, a name that you guys would know. 
Rhonda got so good and she got so big. Her contract got so beautiful in terms of her payment and her participation that she has the headline. You cannot bring her in and put her as a co-main event by example. You'd have no money left to pay your real main event. You couldn't bring her in to be the second fight of the main card. You'd, just, you'd have no budget left. Certain things that you have to do because of the way this thing is structured. I bring that to you as an example because in Ronda's case specifically, not only was she fighting a main event, she was fighting world champion fights in main events. So when she drops a couple, it was not as though Ronda wasn't still one of the gals. She might have been closer to seven, eight in the rankings than she was to one, but she was still one of the gals if this was something that she wanted to do. She would have been meaningful. She would have been competitive. I mean, after all, that's ultimately the default in sports, right? Can you go out there? Can you compete? Can you get some wins? Yeah, maybe you scuffed your knee over here. But the answer for her was yes. But she couldn't do it in main events against world champions, which is essentially what her level of success called for. Now, I only bring that to you because if Connor is to come back, if he is to do this again, why? And everybody has to answer that. Everybody has their own why. But it's very clear now it will never be for a championship. It will never be for a championship run. Will there at some point in, say, two years be enough motivation and begrudgment of Dustin Poirier and or somebody else, and revenge is a hell of a motivation, but will there be enough in two years? That becomes a real question. You've got a healing process to go on here. We, we do know one thing, and we know it from Connor. We know this to be true, but we know it from Connor, which is we don't get better at something by not doing it. When Connor was healthy and feeling great, he wasn't training appropriately. According to him, this was his own words. He wasn't living life appropriately. According to him, this is when it was a choice, guys. It's now not a choice. We now don't have to wonder how hard is he working? How is he training? Who's he preparing with? We don't have to wonder because he's not doing any of those things with anybody for a meaningful period of time. So we know that where he's at now, which is a meaningful regression from where he used to be, right? Real simple. No Kit Connor session. Just real simple reality that there once upon a time was a guy named Dustin Poirier who could not make it out of the first round with Connor. There is now a time where Connor McGregor can't make it out of the first round with Dustin Poirier. We acknowledge that there's a regression. Okay. We question where that regression came from. I believed in the second meeting, it was just purely the layoff. He hadn't got any reps in. Ring rust, if you will. I believe that to be true. Some people thought it was because he wasn't training. Guys, we now have the perfect storm that is going to force them both. He will be rusty the next time he gets in because it's going to be a period of time and he will not have trained properly because he can't train at all. So if a guy regressed when it was a choice... Imagine the regression you have when it's not a choice. Again, tough stuff I'm talking about. But my goal here is not put somebody down. It's to try to attempt to guess how we can bring them back up. What are we going to do with Connor in X period of time? Should he want to return? And is he healed? Because there isn't a believable scenario where the outcome of Connor and Dustin changes. There isn't... A believable scenario, we're putting Connor in there with somebody whose capabilities are close to his, meaning a number 15, a number 16, a number 12 ranked guy, to give him a real fighting chance that maybe you win and maybe you don't, right? And I'm attempting to guess, Connor McGregor, right, very good fighter. He very skilled guy. He's just not near as good as Dustin Poirier. Connor McGregor's great. What I saw out of him Saturday, he's a great fighter. He's not as great as Dustin Poirier. So I'm attempting to guess how bad he will be when he returns. And I have evidence that proves he will regress. That evidence is the last time he sat out for a year and a half to two years. And the regression that that showed when it was a choice. Now it's not. So I'm attempting to guess where those skills will regress to and who it is he could get in there with to be competitive. 
And if he's looking to just come in and take one final bow in front of the world, I personally would encourage him not to do it. I don't think that's a good enough reason to fight. And nobody gets to go out the way they want. Connor has sent people out. Now it's on. Connor's got to wear that hat. Dustin Poirier is going to wear that same hat. We all go out the same way. Horizontal. So I only share with you, is this the last time we see Connor? Is that a prediction that we want to have right now? Are we mean if we have that prediction? One thing at a time, okay? How's a goldfish eat a shark? One thing at a time. A lot of little bites. The first little bite for Connor is to get home, to get with a doctor, to get healed. If this requires surgery, to do the physical therapy, to do all these things so that it does return it is what I'm talking about, becomes a choice. Right now, it's not. There was times in his life when it was and he still elected to not do it. So what part of us makes believe that he's going to and why would he? What is it about? Does he want to compete and just be one of the guys? I'm fine with that answer, by the way. I'm sincere, not a rhetorical question. I'm sincerely asking, what would it be about? He gave us some insight as to what this last one with Poirier was about. Not only revenge, not only to right the wrong, but Dana had made it a number one contender's fight and Connor wanted to return to take on Oliveira, get his championship back. Respect the hell out of that. I also get the hell out of that. I won't get what a return is like to the Ultimate Fighting Championship knowing title aspirations no longer exist. All right, guys, that's it for today's show. Remember, if you're a fan of this program, we want to hear from you. Just head over to Apple Podcasts, find our show, and leave us a review like our friend Grant, who asks, where does Kevin Lee fit into all this? That's a great question, Grant. Maybe I'll answer it on Friday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.